Distilled, a spirited podcast. Hello and welcome to Distilled, the podcast that puts the ill in still. My name is Julie Christie and in this episode we're going to be taking a look at brand new distillery in Dublin that manages to hark back to the glory days of Irish distilling while also bringing something new and exciting to the table. I'm talking of course about Rowan Co, the new venture by drinks giant Diageo. While its name is borrowed from George Rowan Co, which at one time was the biggest distillery in the country and perhaps even the world, the team behind the revamp are very much looking to the future. One of the key areas where Rowan Co is hoping to make its mark is in the field of cocktails. They make no secret of the fact that their whiskey was crafted to be flexible enough to work with a number of mixers. In fact, one of the unique aspects of their distillery tour is the cocktail lab, where visitors get to mix their own creations based on the flavour profiles they like best. The huge growth of the cocktail culture worldwide is surely one of the big drivers of demand for Irish whisky. Even in Ireland, where once you might have been hard-pressed to get anything more exotic than a whisky and coke, bars have really upped their game in the last decade. Some credit for this surely goes to the gin and tonic in a fishbowl craze, as we learned from Dingle's Elliot Hughes. For many distilleries, gin was merely a stopgap until whisky came of age, so it shouldn't be too much surprise to see gin losing steam and whisky stepping into the breach. Rowan Co. have very cleverly created a whisky that neatly fits the bill for people wanting to step away from the juniper and botanicals of gin and into something with a different kind of complexity. Here to talk to us more about Rowan Co. is head distiller Laura Hemi. Laura, thank you for joining us. Hiya, lovely to be here. So, could you start off by telling us a little bit about your background in the spirits industry? Have you worked with Irish whisky before? I've worked a wee bit with Irish whisky in a previous role, but this is my first time actually working for a distillery in Ireland. Um, but I've worked all over the place. Uh, I've researched Australian whisky. I've worked in England on gin. I've worked with Welsh whisky, with Scotch whisky. Um, and I'm from Scotland, so there's a lot of whisky around where I live and where I grew up. Um, and now I'm in Ireland. It's super exciting. Yeah. Whereabouts are you from in Scotland? Black Isle. Black Isle. Oh, that's real whisky making country. Probably our listeners are like, why is there two Scottish people talking about Irish whisky? But <laughs> trust me, roll with it. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you end up as the head distiller of the new Rowan Co. distillery? Yeah, long story short, I, I was in a different role and I got a call about this one and an invite over to have a look. And I think you walk through the gates at St. James's Gate for the first time and you kind of fall in love with it and it's very difficult to say no. So I think as soon as I saw St. James's Gate, the power station, the whole of Thomas Street, it's just a, a magical area, really. It's got a personality all of its own that's really unique. And I kind of knew that I'd definitely be ending up there pretty quickly. Yeah, I can imagine. It's just kind of like walking back in time and all that distilling history before you. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And how, like, obviously Diageo has revived uh, George Rowan Co.'s brand. Why Rowan Co? Why didn't they revive another brand? Obviously, it was the largest at the time. Is that the only reason or anything else behind that? Well, I think it was uh, a bit of the past, the present and the future. I mean, we're not trying to replicate or make George Rose whiskey, but 
I guess he's a, he's an inspiration. I mean, the guy himself was uh, he was such an innovative character in his time, a real forward thinker. And I think it's that sort of mentality that we wanted to take into the Rowan Co brand. Um, yeah, George Rowe himself. I mean, that distillery in Thomas Street would have been the biggest in in potentially the world at the time. I think so, so. Yeah, you would have had the world's biggest brewery on one side of the street. This distillery on the other side of the street. I mean, there's not many other places in the world at that point in in history that would have been more important to the history of brewing and distilling. Yeah, and have that claim to fame, I suppose. Absolutely. So obviously the brand is steeped in a lot of brewing and distilling heritage. Is it possible to talk a little bit more about the history of George Rowan Co? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the story of of the uh, of the George Road Distillery goes back a couple of centuries, really. Um, there was a, a small distillery on the site, on the larger site in Thomas Street, um, as far back as 1757, and we know that wow. because that's when Peter Rowe, another member of the Rowe family, bought it and started developing it to make whiskey. Um, I mean. In that time, it was, would have been tiny. I think the the literage of the still that we've got on record is like 234 gallons, something something relatively small. Um, by the time George Rowe inherited the site in the 1830s, uh, he expanded them alongside another another site that was close by. And the output was 250,000 gallons per annum. So, I mean... It, it, he significantly scaled up the sites. He was a real innovative forward-thinking guy proper entrepreneur and by the time the distillery uh, was at its peak in the sort of 1860s 1870s yeah i mean it would have been turning out a couple of million liters a year which is like that serious scale when you think about it at the time um yeah i mean he was a philanthropist as well and and the little bits that we do know about his life and and there's not too much actually um he he gave all this money to uh, to restore Christchurch Cathedral and and then stirred up a, a lot of competition amongst the local whiskey community who then started trying to out, outbid each other with these phil- philanthropy projects, which is, is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, anyway, like the distillery fell on hard times in the early 1920s. It closed very sadly. Um, and the site, well, I mean, you know, if you walk down Thomas Street, St. Patrick's Tower is really the only remaining part of that old distillery. And, yeah, uh, the Guinness Power Station had a, a sort of separate history. It, that was built in 1946. Um, Art Deco-style gorgeous power station. It's spectacular. It would have been just as spectacular in its in its heyday. Uh, it housed all the steam turbines that would have been driving the brewery, um, but also some of the surrounding areas. So it, it would have been adding power to, to Dublin 8 as well. And that was decommissioned in the late 90s and then... Of course, we stepped in last year and started to convert it into a distillery. So again, it's that building by itself has had all sorts of all sorts of historical input into brewing and distilling in the area. And there's all these little pockets of history across the whole site. Yeah, I mean that's an extensive project as well, converting an old power station into a distillery. How long? How many years was it in the pipeline? If you can ask. Well, I've only been with the project for a year, but there have been people that have been working on it for over three. And over that's three. just on the engineering side. I mean, there's obviously a whole big brand piece that's gone into that um, as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of people with serious investment in this and, and uh, you, you see 
the likes of me, of Alan, um, we're, we're two people that are part of it, but there's a huge team that have had input into this project over a long period of time. Um, and it's definitely not for the faint of heart. I mean, uh, distilleries are, yeah, they are labours of love game. anyway. But when you're trying to retrofit a distillery inside uh, an incredible, but ultimately um, really curious space, which is the inside of the power station, it puts all sorts of extra complications in, into the project. I can imagine. So it's been hilarious, brilliant, loads of fun, but also at times incredibly complex. Yeah. Worrying. I mean, we've had cranes, we've had to stop the street, we've had to um, lower things in through windows with five millimetre clearance either side. I mean, it, it has been. At, but don't at tell times. the health and safety man that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have been very closely followed by, uh, by everybody on that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's testament to the people involved with the project that everything did manage to go in exactly as we envisaged it. So, look, um, hats I off can't to even all of imagine. Yeah. yeah, some of the stuff, I mean, uh, yeah, it's been just incredible. I don't think that there's many projects that you'll ever be part of in, in career terms that are quite as, as, to that quite as unique as this. So, yeah, it, it's presented all sorts of interesting wee challenges and that's kind of the joy of it. That's, that's what's fun about it. I mean, it must be amazing amazing to be based on that site with so much history I mean what I find amazing is you know the George Rowan Co distillery was as you mentioned the biggest distillery and then all of a sudden to decline and then basically you know I mean I'd say a couple of years ago before Rowan Co came out if you'd ask people oh George Rowan Co I don't think many people would have been able to to tell you who he was or the distillery or the significance so it's just amazing to see how that has just declined so quickly. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, that's the, the nature of, of the business as it was uh, over over 100 years ago now um, and and what's happened since. And now, obviously, we're in a really good, exciting phase for Irish whiskey. And I guess that's a, a core part of this project. There's, you know, we... we we can look to the past. We're always working with traditional processes in whiskey, but we're not necessarily informed by the past. George Rowe no. is just a, uh, he's, he's got a, a great spirit, this, this spirit of, of thinking about the future. Yeah. And, and that's a good what Rowan cares there. about. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think, though, it is important there. I mean, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong to remember that, you know, he was the biggest and then all of a sudden he went out of nowhere. I think that is kind of important to remember not to have a sinister aspect to the growth of Irish whiskey, but, you know, the importance of every distillery differentiating, you know, moving with the times. What do you think about that, Laura? Yeah, so I think I think times and context are very different now. And I think now, plus we have the benefit of... of that experience. We, we know what, ha- what happened in the past. and That's a good uh, point. I think... As, as distillers and blenders, and I think I've mentioned it already, but we we have to use that as an example of why quality is so important, why we always need to be absolutely laying down the best liquid, using the, the best the best raw materials and uh, making things delicious. It's, it's about maintaining quality and, and that's what maintains growth. Yeah, and I think that obviously brings us on to our next point when we're talking about delicious. Have you got any cocktail recommendations for us? Because I always, <laughs> you know, Roe and Cole, you guys do some fantastic cocktails over there. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you need to come and visit us at the bar and just try out some of what our incredible bar team are, are, are doing. Do you have a favourite? 
there's so many on that menu it is pretty tricky extensive yeah i mean actually a straight up favorite that i like that's super easy to make at home a rowan tonic delicious a slice of grapefruit Uh, when i talk to people about this they're a bit like what tonic in whiskey you are totally mad but look try it it's absolutely gorgeous and that's that's simple you don't have to do much to it but look i'm i'm also a mega fan of row in sours like that is probably I love a good whiskey sour yeah, yeah it, that is totally my taste it's it's refreshing when you, you need it to be and um yeah it's again super easy to make at home with really simple ingredients and if you come and visit us our, our team can show you how to make one fantastic yeah no definitely check out the rowan tonic yeah i've not come across that but as you said don't knock it till you try it <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no definitely give it a whirl definitely give it a whirl perfect and um, obviously, like the stills have only been fired up the last few weeks. How are you settling in? Are you enjoying life in Dublin? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been here for a year, so I, I was starting on the first day we we struck ground at the power station, and I've seen it grown up. Um, I've seen it growing up, and I've seen the stills going in. I've seen all the development over the year, and it feels a bit odd to be walking around it and actually working in it after all of the time as a as a building site. But look, it's gorgeous. I mean. <laughs> I hope that you get the impression of how spectacular it is from the outside too. But if you come in and see us, you'll see what I mean. I mean, the building is just spectacular. And as far as distilleries go and as far as still houses go, I've never seen one quite like ours. So um, do come in and pay us a visit because it's it's just I am desperate to get down there, desperate to get down there. And um, like, how often are you running the tours? Are they daily? Like, do they start from 10? Yeah, so the tours themselves are running daily and we open for business at 11 o'clock in the morning. Right. And as part of your tour, you get to walk through the production area, obviously. And if you see me, I will wave at you, I promise. And um, yeah, we, we have a really interesting um, experience for visitors that involves mixing your own drink according to your taste preferences Ooh, and learning all about whiskey blending. And I think the, the idea is to just show you how flexible whiskey is as a drink and how many ways you can experience it. And because that's ultimately the really yeah. personal, most important question. Of course. And there's no one right way of drinking whiskey. And that's what we wanted to try that's and get That's true. Across. And certainly the Rowan Co. Blends whiskey is so diverse, lovely, neat, great with ice. And then I, personally, I love it in an old fashioned cocktail. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, you're just released the new Rowan Co. Curators series, number one. Yeah, absolutely. Really exciting stuff. So that one's different again. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Because I've not personally tried that one yet. And I don't think a lot of our listeners will have yet. Mind you, by the time this podcast is released, we'd be hope that most of them have been to Rowan Co. by that point. Yeah, absolutely. So it's um, it's a little bit different in terms of how we, we came up with, uh, with the blend ratio and the recipe. Um, we've actually used a lot of... of port stocks and when I say port stocks that's not um, whiskey that's been finished in port casks that's whiskey that spent its entire maturation life in in a port cask so it's got a lot of really delicate lush sort of summer fruit notes to it which is gorgeous I'm such a massive fan of Port Mitchell whiskey anyway so this is right up my street great and there's some refill malt in there as well and that that gives a bit more texture to it a a little bit of spice and then we've used the tiniest amount of of grain whiskey just to give it a a a really unctuous mouthfeel it's it's so important the textual elements of whiskey I think are are, are really important for how your your drinking experience um, resolves so look I mean that's something that we've we've gone for in in Rowan Co and and we've gone for in in 
the new curator series too. And is there, I mean, obviously you're looking after the, the spirit for Rowan Co. Is there a specific flavour profile that you're going for? What makes the Rowan Co. spirit unique? Sure. So um, basically my job as, as distiller is, is, I guess, creating these blocks of flavour for our master blender, Caroline Martin, and her 30 years of yes. experience with working with whiskey uh, to, to reassemble later into, into Rowan Co. So I'm looking for really specific characteristics that I create in the distillery. And we've got quite an unusual way of working at Rowan Co. on the distillery floor. We're going for two very unique recipes, which okay. will go into creating our, our house character, which will be Rowan Co. for, for the blended whiskey that's on the shelves now. Um, so... It's really the fruity notes, the green notes, all these very, uh, I guess, textural green yeah. elements that, that go into the nose and also the, the, the mouthfeel of the spirit. I remember I was actually lucky enough to go to the Rowan Co. launch and one thing, the flavour profile that just sticks in my head every time is pears. When I think Pro and Co, um, that was really something that they were trying to hand hammer through to you. And of course, like you really are getting the notes and vanilla and nice toffee notes from it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and each of those flavours is very uniquely considered when we're putting together the spirit, both in the distillery and in maturation. Um, there's so many elements and levels of complexity that go, that go into creating the whiskey. But of course, the most important question is at the end of all of that, do you love it? We put all the effort in and we, we do it because we want it to be delicious for, for you guys. Of course. And obviously you have quite extensive experience in different parts of the whiskey industry I'm talking about like Scottish Australian as you mentioned earlier and how are you finding the Irish whiskey community over here are you finding it um quite welcoming hopefully um yeah would you like to touch on that yeah definitely welcoming I love it I mean I was a massive fan of Irish whiskey anyway so it really wasn't a hard sell to come and start being able to work with it every day which is fab but yeah look the the level of support across the industry has just been amazing um there's so many incredible businesses incredible distilleries distillers brand owners marketeers people working in this on a day-to-day basis and everyone has been fab and i get the uh, the absolute pleasure of working with incredible bartenders brand ambassadors and and the whole team around go every such, every yeah. day so look it, it's been amazing um i'm sure it'll continue to be amazing because we're in this really exciting period of growth in the industry in ireland and look there's there's no more exciting place on, on, in the world to be making whiskey right now in my opinion but yeah i'm biased no of course yeah no i agree with you there uh, for some of our listeners that aren't aware irish whiskey would actually be the fastest growing spirit in the world at the moment so it definitely is a good time to to start drinking and getting into working with the uh, irish whiskey and do you think Laura that growth is going to be sustainable looking at a difficult question I suppose it's it's always a difficult one I mean and it's easy to look at the past and say oh what can we learn from that but um yeah absolutely when you see the interest globally in in whiskey as as a global category I think that the demand is definitely definitely there and look if we can continue and this is where it comes down to us as distillers and blenders we've we've got to continue making sure that the quality is absolutely up there and that's what's going to maintain the growth I think. 
So for some of our listeners who aren't aware, Rowan Co. is owned by the Spirits Powerhouse, you would say, called Diageo. Um, so is there any kind of key markets that Rowan Co. is going to be focusing on or is it kind of get the brand out to as many places as possible at the moment? I think we, uh, we've we got specific targets that we're going for. I'd love to be able to let everybody in the, in the world experience this, but uh, it, it just doesn't work like that. And, and we've got small steps at a time. Yeah. Absolutely. So we launched in, in the States um, in April um, and we're launching in Australia. Alan Mulvihill, our, our brand ambassador, is going over to Australia uh, in the next month. So that's super exciting. And I think those two markets are, are going to be really key in the next really few big, months. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Of course, we're already available in large parts of Europe and that's super exciting too and um, yeah I, I can only see it growing. So obviously you've recently launched the Curator series but you know as whiskey people we're always about the next big thing. Is there plans for another release in 2019? I couldn't possibly say at the moment um, I would I'd get told off but yeah look of course there are always future plans so I would carry on watching this space because there will be exciting things happening for sure. Yeah and Rowan Co are coming to Whiskey Live Dublin this year so I'm sure they'll have a few hidden surprises up their sleeves fingers crossed. Absolutely. Um, I know certainly the old fashions are always quite a highlight um, at the Rowan Co stand in previous years. Okay, well, thank you very much for coming in today. I think that's kind of everything that we wanted to discuss. Um, Have a great day. Thanks very much for having me. Well, that just about wraps it up for another episode. Please do subscribe to us on iTunes, etc. And make sure to follow us on our social channels, at Distilled Pod on Twitter and at Distilled Podcast on Instagram. We hope you'll join us next time when we're looking northwards and chatting to Kieran Mulgrew, founder and managing director of The Quiet Man. Until then, I'm Julie Christie and this has been Distilled.